following podcast has adult themes and some strong language. Hello and welcome to episode 14, whoa, of season 3 of Excuse the Jess. Thank you to everyone who has got this far. 14, is it doubly lucky because it's 7 squared? Yeah, I'm talking nonsense. You're 14 episodes into season 3. If you haven't realised that's all I talk, then that's on you. The good news is that this will be a short episode. It is technically a continuation of the previous episode, Fellerach. Fellerach meaning alternatively, hence the second part being called, alternatively, part two. I am doing it again. Okay, back on point. I'm trying to keep these around 30 minutes, but really, they take as long as they take. Birthday part two in season two came in on around 50 minutes, and that was another Niles Heavy episode. He makes me want to talk. A lot. So I'm recording this intro after I've just recorded what I thought was just episode 13, but has become episodes 13 and 14. In the last episode, I gave myself a day to decide whether I wanted to be with Niles. In retrospect, it was probably daft to spend the day with him. The fact that I didn't want to be apart from him to make that decision was what made that decision ultimately. We had spent most of the day talking. Really talking though. He had made it clear it was my decision whether we had a future and what that looked like. He was already in. For life. To keep the good folks at ICE happy though, my decision had been marriage. Niles would propose to me at some point in the future. Then we kissed and lived happily ever after. Except I haven't even finished telling you about that day yet, or the following day. That happily ever after will have to wait. Like a TV presenter from the old days who used to have to pad for time when the tape wasn't working for the next show, I now bring you, alternatively, part two, episode 14 of season three of Excuse the Jess. Well, run opening titles. We got back to Amy's around 9pm. Niles wanted me to stay, but I didn't have any clothes there. Plus, I was going straight from Amy's to drive to their parents. I was going to pack, though, and move into Niles' apartment the next day. After everything that had happened, it still felt surreal. As soon as we walked into the door, Amy took one look at us, screamed and came running over. Niles put his arms out to hug her, but she ran to me first for a hug. You're back together, she yelled. What did you 
I asked Niles, but he shook his head as Amy charged into him. She's too good for you, bro, Amy told him as they hugged. Thanks for all your support, sis. We hadn't walked in there holding hands. Did you know, Amy? She broke away from Niles. You both look about ten years younger. Amy looked up at her brother, which means you now only look sixty. Then she giggled before Actiona spoke them because she wanted to hear everything. I was nervous on the drive to their parents the next day. Amy assured me it would all be fine. Rose was a good kid. Smarter than both her parents, which was a relief, she joked. We were the first to arrive. Niles' parents greeted me like a long-lost friend, not somebody they met a couple of days, three months ago. It was lovely. We went into the sitting room as they bought us hot drinks and we talked. I heard a car pull up in their driveway and I thought I was going to have a full-on panic attack. I could barely breathe, although I'm sure I was masking it. Niles' mother answered the door and I could hear muffled voices in the hallway. Amy and her father stood up, so I followed suit. A pretty teenager came running through the door like a whirlwind. I would have known it was Niles' child anywhere. The same eyes? Rose hugged her grandfather and her aunt. They were all so excited to see each other. Then our eyes met across the room. My new mummy, she cried with a mischievous grin and came running over to hug me. I knew immediately it was going to be okay. After a lovely day with the family, where I got to see another side of Niles, ridiculously overprotective and deeply caring father, Amy and I drove back to her apartment. Niles was going to drive back with Rose and then come to collect me. As I waited, I put my laptop on to see if there were any emails. That was another new thing for me. Esther advised me to take emails and social media off my phone and only to look at them when I was on the laptop. I was always on alert and it wasn't good for me. It made sense and since I had the phone detox, it was much easier than I thought it would be. There was an email from Dawn. I'd sent her an email with the final documents I promised her and apologised again for leaving her like that. It was unprofessional and I would work for free to tie up loose ends when I returned. That had to be soon. Although I was planning a big move, I still had to empty my apartment in Reading and my house in Cardiff. That was all while planning to live here permanently. My life wasn't to get any less hectic any time soon. She had sent me back a lovely email, scolded me for apologising to her, saying that it couldn't be helped, and because I was so meticulous with my work, other people finishing off what I'd started had been relatively easy. I was only a week away from the end of my contract anyway. Then she gave me something I didn't know I needed. She had calculated all the income I've created from various contracts I'd pulled in and the costs I'd saved from projects I had taken on. It was in the millions. I had done that. In just over seven months, 
I'd help, of course. I had Niles as my sounding board, and Dawn had pushed some of this stuff, but still. Dawn thanked me for everything I'd done and wanted my invoice. I think I was tired. Yeah, I was tired, and it wasn't because it'd been emotionally up and down the last few weeks, but I started to cry. Not sobs or hurt crying. I just silently felt a small flow of tears down my face when I realised what I had achieved. All it took was for somebody to give me a chance to prove my worth. I'd been lost in my own world and hadn't realised Niles had arrived. Suddenly, hands were over my eyes as he announced, Guess who? He'd never done that before. The first time he does, I was crying. Typical. He came around to face me and asked what was wrong. Was I having second thoughts? I showed him the email. He then spun the laptop around and showed Amy, and they passed a look to each other which I couldn't quite read. Of course they would have done deals like that over breakfast. Just a few mil. Why should that impress them? Imagine getting weepy because you made a few mil in seven whole months. I excused myself to clean up and get my stuff. This was it. I was going to live with Niles. Permanently. Okay, there was still stuff to sort out, like my contribution to the apartment and how it was all going to work, but physically, this was it. I didn't know how I was feeling. Excited, nervous, apprehensive, worried. Okay, I felt all those things, but I was still doing it. As I hold my suitcase in the main room, Niles and Amy were talking, but stopped when they saw me. Maybe Niles was having second thoughts. I asked if everything was okay. They nodded it was. Okay, they were talking about me. Are you having second thoughts, Niles, because now would be the time to tell me. Niles' face softened. None, you're pretty much stuck with me now. What's going on then? Amy looked at Niles and then to me. We were talking about you working whilst getting citizenship. And I told Amy you didn't need to work. Which was living the dream, right? I... Do need to work, I confirmed. And I hated myself too. Amy passed a smug look to Niles before looking at me again. What you did in your old role? Pretty damn impressive. You thought it was good? Esther would have slapped me right there in the face for coming out with that needy question. Hell yeah, Niles said. But I always knew you were impressive. Right from that first Zoom. That felt like a lifetime ago. Niles pulled me in for a hug and then a kiss. Amy cried. Do that in your own apartment. I slapped Niles' back to move away because I knew he would have carried on just to annoy his sister. I saw my laptop abandoned on the breakfast counter with my emails just opened up and I reminded myself not to do that again. As I went to pick it up, two emails popped up, one from Ems and one from Izzy, obviously coordinated, and I couldn't deal with it, so I closed the laptop. Niles was taking the suitcase and ushering me out of the door, so I gave Amy a huge hug and thanked her for letting me stay 
and for everything, really. I would never have been there if it wasn't for her demanding I go to Niles. She is one smart lady. It was late before we finally got to settle down to sleep. Niles had given back all his gifts to me, said I should never have bought them back, but he was glad I did. I noticed he didn't offer to return any of my gifts to him. This would usually be the point where the story ends because isn't the couple finally admitting their true feelings and getting together for good usually the end of the story? There would have to be some glib or cheesy line or some throwback to the scene where they first met. In our case it was a Zoom call so even in middle age we were very on trend. I love rom-coms and I won't be made to feel stupid about that. I just know the difference between the book or the movie world and the real world. In bed, we went back to our spooning position, and I loved feeling the weight of him against me, the smell of him, his hot breath on my neck, and I listened as he quickly drifted off into sleep. I thought, this could be it. The podcast chapter of my life can end right at this moment and I drifted into sleep too. This was real life though, and we don't get happy endings, we just get happy moments. I'd less than 24 hours before it all kicked off again. The first day of living together officially, we were like love's young dream. We stayed in bed for most of the morning, and even when we got up, we still couldn't move for each other. It was ridiculous, but... It didn't feel like it. I mean, I knew this stage wouldn't last. It couldn't last. It was way too intense and our body are not built for full-on intensity all the time. We would need a breather. Niles had now officially asked for a sabbatical from work. He had taken all his sickness and he was feeling better anyway. He would still need to go to his therapist, but I wouldn't be going there with him. Well, unless he needed me to. I would find my own because of the work with Esther and I wanted to explore it. I was extremely fortunate to be in that position. I knew that. I wasn't in that position a year ago. Having two good jobs for six months, having a house sale coming up and no need to purchase another place meant I could do it. I was lucky. Now Niles wanted a sabbatical to come over to the UK with me to sort my places out. Yep, even as I say it, it doesn't sound like me. Then we were going to come back and sort out visas so I could live and work here permanently. Well, until at least Rose went to uni and we'd make another living decision then. We had already decided we would make this work. We were still living in our bubble when he said he had to email work and I thought I should reply to Dawn with my invoice but also to thank her for a lovely email. I asked Niles if I should tell her about us, and he said that, as she was one of the first to know about us, to carry on. I was full of excitement when I lifted my laptop lid and had almost managed to forget there were two other emails waiting there for me. One from Ems and one from Izzy. I could tell them too, of course, but they probably hate me. I concentrated on the reply to Dawn. 
thanking her for everything, how her email had made my day, and then my news of my leaving. I realised I probably had to email her partner to give notice on the flat too. And that was an easy email to write also. As Niles was still busy, I steeled myself to read the other emails. Then, among the junk, I noticed a third one that needs my attention. It was from my mother. I did not have the energy for that too. I went for Izzy first because it wasn't her that had betrayed my trust so massively. She just admitted to tell me it was happening. Izzy told me everything I'd written was fair and she was disappointed in herself and upset that she had upset me, which would have been the furthest thing from her mind. I believed her. Izzy wasn't intentionally mean. She said she would like a chance to make it up to me and would love to meet to discuss without M's if I prefer. Our friendship was ours and she would hate to lose me as a friend. It was a lovely, kind and thoughtful email and I was already having second thoughts. Just replying saying forget about it and tell her my news, but I couldn't. I could forgive her though, and I would tell her that when I see her. I replied stating that I would let her know when I was back in Cardiff. I started to write home instead of Cardiff, but that wasn't home anymore. I wasn't sure if I would ever live there again. Then the difficult one, Ems. Let's see how it was my fault now. It did start well. How she appreciated me being open and honest with her how I felt. It did slip a bit though. How it made her ill that she had made me feel like that and how she couldn't sleep and had gone to the doctors to raise her antidepressant dosage. It felt like manipulation again. This is how you made me feel. I honestly wouldn't want to upset anyone to that degree, but at the same time, this was but for her actions. She then continued that she was deeply sorry for what she had done, moving her husband into my house without my permission. Em still felt that if Simon and I had a conversation, it would be better for me. If this is how she felt, what could I say that would change her mind? I know it wouldn't be better for me just better for her. Then she said I'm sure that I would agree I hadn't been perfect either, so a discussion would be great and to let her know when I was back so we could meet. I hadn't been perfect. Hands up I hadn't. I hadn't completely stabbed them in the back either, so there was that. I replied that I would let her know when I was back. I clicked on my mother's email then, Naively, I thought it couldn't be worse than M's. It would just be some self-centred nonsense how well she was doing, how Sean was the best husband in the world. I told her last September I'd started to see someone. Told her I'd spend Christmas in New York. But she never asked how it was going, so I had never updated her. I wasn't even sure I was going to tell her now. The email started with the usual BS. How she had started the day going to the beach and how wonderful it was to wake up and take some exercise by the ocean. It was always something about how great her life was and how mine still sucked. 
And then I read the sentence that completely changed everything. The one that made my stomach turn and my vomit rise. I am coming back to Cardiff for a week and I would like to see you. That's enough from me this week. Thank you so much for listening. Please come back. I'm not needy or anything, but... Yeah, well, I obviously am. Apologies to everyone featured for not attempting to mimic your accent. Although you really should be thanking me. You can find me on Insta, at Jess, and let's do this again soon. Excuse the Jess was written and performed by Jackie J. Sarah. It is a deliciously bright production. If you enjoyed this, please click follow and give us a five-star review or donate via Buy Me A Coffee. All details, including full credits, can be found on the website excusethejess.com.